Hello and welcome to Real Talk, Real Woman. I am your host, Gemma Serenity Borokov, and today I'm welcoming Mel, Melissa Eloise from the UK. She is a self-love and freedom coach, and she helps women break the cycle of unhealthy relationships and confidently claim the love and freedom they truly deserve. Welcome, Mel. Super Hi. happy to have you. Thank you for coming on board. So can you please share with our audience a very, very short version of your story so that they can understand where you come from and why you do what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So before I tell you my story, relationship for me doesn't necessarily mean the romantic ones. It can be any sort of relationship. So I totally agree. Before I go into any of that, you've got the relationship, romantic, family, friends, professional, and the one with yourself that's really, really important. So if you don't have any relationship with yourself, then you don't have any relationship with the others. So I, I don't think I've ever had that great a relationship with myself. And it's only in hindsight that I've really been able to reflect on that based on the circumstances and my experiences. So... I realised after my most recent ex split up with me that I was attracting a certain type of person um, and it was just meaning that I was losing parts of myself and I'd come out of the relationship, whether I ended it or not, or if it was them, I'd lost some part of myself somewhere. So the most, I suppose, detrimental relationship I did have was the one before my ex um now it started off a little bit rocky um he was very romantic and very full-on straight away which kind of like made me go a bit oh this isn't right so for me I didn't feel good enough at all from the start so I was causing a little bit of disruption and stuff um but we worked through the guilt Um, that I'd caused in the beginning and we ended up staying together for about 14 months they were the hardest 14 months I think I've ever had of my life Um, so he was an alcoholic and a self-harmer which I was witness to both that was very difficult at the time Um, and whilst we were together we I can't remember if it was me or his mum or him finally making the decision, but he went to see a specialist and we found out that he had borderline personality disorder. So if you don't know anything about that, in its simplest terms, it means they can only see black and white and you need facts all the time. I'm a feelings person. I can't rattle off facts about anything. I'm very much in my feelings. There were a lot of, lot of arguments and friction and collisions together um but regardless to all of that I moved in with him after six months um and I just started to feel more isolated you know he didn't like my friends so I didn't spend time with my friends um he'd switch between being a lovely person to a different person when he was drinking and I had this guilt through the whole time and I was scared to leave him because I didn't know what was going to happen but at the same time I was also losing every little ounce of myself I wanted to fix him I wanted to be there for him at this point I'm sort of in my early 20s and I just didn't know what to do until it got to a point where it was too much and I had to leave 
Um, so that was that relationship there. And then I was single for probably about four or five years. I moved out of my hometown, which is where I was with this guy. I moved into London. I went traveling for two years. I lived in Australia, went back to London um, and I met my most recent ex. Now, on paper, he was brilliant. You know, we worked really well. We got on really well together. We were both quite into our fitness when we started. Um, and then there were a series of events with a friend and at work. So more relationship stuff that triggered me into a depression. Um, so we were three or four months into our relationship. I got depression. And so all of the things I was doing that made me appealing started to fall away. And the biggest focus I felt in that relationship was my physical form, was my body. Because mm. when we met, I was in good shape. I was working out. But as the depression hit, it gets harder and harder to pull yourself through. Okay. And there were so many different little comments. Like when I wanted to get back into the gym, I'd ask him if he could help me create a plan. And all he would say is, you need to work your legs and bum. That's all you need to do. And like he'd quite openly share with me his body preferences for women and Instagram um, and there were a couple of things where he made comments about, you know, when you're comfortably eating cookies in bed with your loved one. And he was like, I don't think you should be eating that. So it was very, very subtle, but I just never felt good enough. Pile that on with the depression. It was just really, really difficult. Um, and I felt that he was amazing and that at some point in the relationship, I decided if we end, it's going to be him who, end, who ends it because I was just so in love with this person who appeared to be amazing. Um, so I kind of left myself. Um, and through each of these different relationships and circumstances, the biggest pattern I noticed was that I abandoned myself every single time. Mm. Lost myself and who I was. Um, and I'd done it again when I mentally decided, well, if this relationship ends, it's going to be because he's decided he doesn't want to be with me, totally given him my power. Um, and yeah, so ever since then, for the last sort of, I think, three, three and a half years now, I've been building myself back up to feel good about myself, because before that, I never had any issues with how I looked. You know, I was always balanced, like if I ate too much sweet treats and notice myself getting squidgy then I'd rein it back a little bit and I was happy but after that relationship I've had to really build myself up and remember what's important about me and loving myself ultimately so it's been very very damaging both of them together yeah it's very it's very apparent how much the relationship with oneself first mm -hmm. is actually the most important yeah. Now, what happens when we are confronted with a uh, borderline or uh, narcissistic or, or other cluster B personality disorder um, is that all our self-love that we have built of self-love, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-compassion, self-everything, self-relationship, is eroding, 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 eroding. To the point when, exactly as you said, you give up your power. You think that they are the best and nothing, nothing that you can say or mean or think can matter. I do even remember when I was in that kind of relationship, I did not 
think anymore, meaning that I just went through the motion, through the routine, through the usual, but I did not think, stop and reflect, ponder, question myself, not anymore. Just going to one day after another, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, and repeating the same thing and over and over and over again. It doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that there was a lot of body shaming and a lot about how you looked. Maybe we could talk about that because I can easily imagine our audience being ashamed because they are told to be too big, too thin, too too triangular, too pure, or apple, or whatever it is, or ugly. I heard someone just like being told over and over again that she's ugly, or that she has a, 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 a something, whatever it is. And how can we address them so that they understand everybody is enough inherently first we are all enough inherently that's the first thing how would you address those ladies or men i mean it can be anything yeah i mean that's quite a big question really it's like where it to start. i think i think for me what's really helped me and some people don't like necessarily going there because they think it can be quite traumatic depending on it but there's a lot of answers in your childhood and there's a lot of answers in the people that you surround yourself with um and I think that also can give you an indication as to how much you do actually love yourself because when we're children we're coming up with our whole way, whole perception, our own little map of how to survive in the world. Now, if you haven't been given love and affection and told that you're beautiful and that, you know, you're perfect as you are and you're enough and loved as a child, that's going to filter through into your life. It's going to control and determine your relationships with yourself and everyone else around you. So if you don't have that unconditional love from your from your mother, ultimately, as women, then you're probably not going to have as much of that love for yourself. And you're going to try and get that from other places. So that's when you start seeking external validation. That's when you start comparing yourself against what's on the social media as the latest beautiful model body type magazine back in the day and you're just going to be looking for what is beautiful based on what the world is telling you beautiful is which is a really hard thing to unprogram and and disconnect and, and recondition yourself from because now it's everywhere so one thing that you can start off with is getting really good at looking at yourself in the mirror. Now, I know for a lot of people, this is the first step and this is really difficult. And for me, all of my life, I've been able to look at myself in the mirror because I've always liked who I was. I've never had a problem with it until this last relationship. So that's why it's been such a difficult thing for me to shift from because I thought 
I was happy and then suddenly I'm being told I'm not by someone that I completely loved and thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. So it's it's getting to know who you are simply in front of a mirror. Now you can start off just by making eye contact with yourself and holding that. You could also start by telling yourself something that you like about yourself. It doesn't have to be big. You can start small. You could say that you like your eyelashes or you like your eyebrows or you like a certain part of your hair and the way it does that or your hands or start really, really small, but get used to looking at yourself in the mirror with love and flip it instead of thinking of all the things that you don't have that isn't how the world has told us everything should be, start appreciating what you do have. And I mean, it's kind of a little bit yin and yang, I want to say, in the world, because you've got all of these people promoting body positivity and real women and real people and real body shapes, but you've still got this unreachable photoshopped, this is what it is. Um, And just on that, I've really noticed when you shop online, they're not photoshopping the models anymore. Uh And it makes me so happy to see. I went online and I saw a woman who had stretch marks on her legs. It was an underwear picture. She had a tattoo on her wrist. And I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. So it is shifting. But you've got to decide and commit to making yourself feel good and picking out what you like about yourself and also surrounding yourself with real people. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate your perspective on what someone can do today and connect with the person we are today. What I would love to deepen as well, when you started, you said, okay, if you did receive unconditional love from your mother, normally, usually, and if it is a healthy mother, should be good with yourself. You should love yourself. Usually this is how it looks like. How about when your mother is is herself, a demon mentally sick person? And I was thinking about an answer to that one. Maybe go ahead and maybe. I mean, one thing that I've sort of, probably in the last six to eight months with the whole understanding yourself and your childhood and where you've come from and your relationships with people in your past is to draw a line in that as well because ultimately I'm an adult now so I look after myself I take responsibility for myself and how I feel now I don't think there's anyone in the world who's come through their childhood unscathed. I really do think that everyone has had some sort of trauma, whether it be big, big T trauma, as people say, or if it's tiny, little, small, because someone in the world can say one little thing and you could take that a completely different way or exacerbate it and blow it up to being so much more and then carry that throughout your whole life in your kind of subconscious mind to like underneath the surface and not even know it's there. So if you don't have a good relationship with your mum, then there's the forgiveness piece there. You know, it's understanding that, and this is quite a tricky one to get your head around because it sounds quite simple, but understanding that they were doing their best, the best they could at that time. Now, 
if they have not been in the best way, which I understand some people have, they were still doing the best thing that they could do in that moment at the time, even if it wasn't external, even if it wasn't good stuff. Like for them, that was the best thing that they could do based on whatever they were going through, whatever they were stuck in. So understanding that and then being able to forgive that and then think, okay, right, well, I'm an adult now. So what didn't I get when I was little from friends, from family, from teachers, because I suppose that's more the professional side of things. What didn't I get from all of those people? And now how can I give that to myself? And then that brings that all back to you. That's the responsibility for yourself. And that's the power that you have to choose you and empower yourself to be that person that you want to be and you know you can be. Give yourself all of that love that you know that you deserve and then that reflects back at you. Then you'll start attracting people who want to give you the same love that you give yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just evolves, but you've got to draw that line, take responsibility, stop the blame game, which is a really difficult one to do. And I totally understand that. And to be like, okay, well, what do I want to do? How do I want to look after myself now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can decide that anytime. Yes, and when you really give the love to yourself, I remember it was New Year's, um, two years ago or something like that, when suddenly it dawned on me. I was just not celebrating in per se because it was like just pandemic time. So you just stayed at home. And I was just like clearing up everything. And suddenly I was there. My God. It is only self-love. When I love myself, everybody loves me. When I don't love myself, nobody loves me. Because it's a mirror. It's a mirror. Life is a mirror. People are mirroring you back. And when I understood that, it was a shock. And then I started to just like, embrace myself and just like touch myself like i'm be okay i'm good it's all right and you know and start to really like cuddle yourself and the more you do that it's like ah start to feel better especially at the beginning of the pandemic uh, in the U- in the usa where i live now everybody hug each other even when we don't know each other it's it's just a, a normal social behavior especially when you kind of like someone or someone is friendly at first. Mm-hmm. In Switzerland, it's, it's different, but it's okay. <laughs> and so I got used pretty fast to hugging everyone. It's like, that's amazing. And then pandemic hit is like, uh-uh, social distancing. Wow, I miss my hugs. Yeah. I miss my hugs. I miss my, my kisses. You know, in Switzerland, we kiss three times on the, on the cheeks. It's like, hey, all this contact that we had and that we gave each other, even strangers, even strangers. And and that was just amazing to realize, actually, I can give it to myself. That self-love that you talk about, that is a piece. When you understand it and you implement it, you apply it, it's like, can I do that? Actually, yes. It's a choice. Love yeah. is a choice. 
Yes. You feel yeah. it for sure you do, but you first choose to agree to love. And then all the feeling of love come and become overwhelmingly amazing. Right? What I would say to someone who is in your situation, finding, living with, and can be any romantic or not romantic, living with someone they have given up their power to. I would say, wow. Who is this person? to deserve to have the, your life and your death in his word. Do you really think it is right? And that would be one of the questions I would ask them to ponder our audience. Yeah, I think, I think for me, like the big question that's come up um, for me is who am I doing this for? Yeah. Like with everything. Even like you could start really small, like who am I getting out of bed for? Who am I, who am I getting dressed for? Who am I um, exercising for, for example, if we're going on body positivity and everything? Like who am I eating healthy for? Like all of that kind of stuff, because ultimately you want the answer to be me. Mm-hmm. If it's not you, then it's like, oh, I'm doing it for someone else okay, can I do it for myself as well? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, some things you want to do for people as well as you do for yourself. But it's like, you want you to be the first response. And if you're not the first response, and it's like, right, well, why is that? Why am I not doing that for myself? But I am doing it for someone else. It's like, what, what am I getting from that person that I'm not getting or being or giving myself? So it's, it's almost like you're just turning everything back on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're cooking and cleaning and doing all of this kind of stuff in the house with the person you're living with, are you doing that for both of you or are you just doing it for them because you want to make sure it's okay for them and it's all nice and it's a great place to come home to and they've got food on the table? Are they now expecting that from you because that's how it always has been? But are you doing that for you as well? Are those things that you want as well? And it's it's almost separating yourself from that person and thinking, me just as me as an individual, what is it that I like to do? What do I like? Because I think it's really easy when you are in a relationship with someone for your interests and things to kind of join and amalgamate and you spend all your time together potentially, you do all of these things together, but there's always that that bit that you could be doing for yourself. Definitely. So it's always making that, even if it's just five minutes to just go and like sit and hold a cup of tea and just be there, mm-hmm. make sure it's for you. And it doesn't mean you need to pull away or stop doing things for them or anything like that, but it's just recognizing what you're doing for you and what you're doing for them and the differences between and having conversations about it as well. I don't think there's enough promotion of expressing ourselves Mm -hmm. almost like problem and solution based rather than just talking and listening. Mm -hmm. 
I think having sort of nice open discussions about what you're doing for you and what they're doing for them and Mm -hmm. is there a way that we can you know actually I'd like more time for myself how do you feel about that do you want more time for you so you can create that kind of separate Mm -hmm. codependent lives together I think it's it's super super important what you mentioned here indeed communication is key but for a healthy communication you have to healthily love yourself so that you fully come one of the questions we often ask ourselves is my wonderful husband Sasha who is really the, the jewel of my life after all after two abusive relationships is to say, okay, would you do exactly the same thing if I would be dead and you would be alone? How yeah. would you behave if I would not be in your life? Mm-hmm. And that's a big question that we ask each other. And when the answer is something fully different, completely different from what we're experiencing right now, we're here on we shall adapt something or adjust something yeah and it's an interesting question to ask oneself Mm. because the the answer might surprise right yeah it's all about asking yourself questions Mm -hmm. i think we grow up and we kind of get catapulted into adulthood Mm -hmm. suddenly meant to be this responsible person in the world and suddenly know all of these things because now we're an adult must know everything but we don't and we stop being curious Mm -hmm. why it's so lovely to reconnect back with yourself be curious about yourself Mm -hmm. I love inner child work for that because it's that curiosity it's that joy Mm -hmm. connecting you back to your heart and your center and your feelings and emotions and all the good and all the bad it's been like well how do I actually feel about this? Where, where do I feel it in my body? Is it feeling expansive and open or do I just feel horrible and I like, get tummy ache and like feel like, oh God, and heavy? And it's, it's understanding your body's responsive to things. Like if you're with someone and you dread seeing them and being around them and spending time with them, it's like, well, that's not necessary. That's not a good sign, you know? And so, like, I love that question. Like, what, what would you would you be doing the same things if I wasn't here? Mm-hmm. How would you be living if we weren't together? Mm-hmm. Because you can live independent. Um, I can't remember the word. There's a word for. Yeah, no, I can't remember. It's not codependent. It's not independent. There's another one. Interdependent. Um, that's the one. Interdependent, which is lovely because I think it's a partnership. It's a companionship. It's that whole equality that we all want. And I think that allows you to have that freedom and the love that you want. So yeah, I think that's such a powerful question. This is what I call a real talk, real woman. (laughs) Oh yeah. Totally. When we can really open up about what it actually is and how we feel and how we can help others yeah and it's not difficult and I think that's the thing it's all of this kind of personal development work sort of self-healing inner work whatever you want to call it 
it seems quite scary. And like, I've really tried to think about what doing the work on yourself actually means. Because I'm like, people say it's like, yeah, I'm working on myself. And it's like, what does that actually mean? And if you break it right down, ultimately it's asking yourself questions and getting curious and then making a decision and the choice and being like, huh, that's interesting. Do I want this to be this way? I'm not sure. Or no, I don't. And then you're like, okay, well, how do I change this? And that's doing the work. And there's loads of different modalities and healing and tools but I like to keep things simple and I've been racking my brain around it. And I'm like, what is this doing the work? How can I tell people what doing the work is? It's asking questions, asking yourself questions. Yeah, a very good conclusion. Indeed, mm. indeed. When you ask yourself questions, this is when you grow. This is yeah. when you become curious. This is when you consider other perspectives. Yeah. And the curiosity is the key in all of that. Mm -hmm. None of this, like, why me? Why is this happening? No, it's, I wonder why this is happening. You know, create the wonder, make it curious. Think, oh, what if I could? And be more creative and curious with it, not hard on yourself. That's not, that's not big. No, that doesn't help. That just spirals you down. So it's being being open-minded and light-hearted about it and just exploring. Mm-hmm. Just good as a kid. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Mel, thank you very much for having been present, for holding the space, answering questions, and really sharing your wisdom that you have acquired over a few decades of experience, I would say, say the least. <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. It's okay. Thank you very much. And uh, look forward to talking with you again very soon. No worries. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Gemma. And and, and last question before I, I, I stop yet. Mm. You are Melissa Eloise. How does people reach out to you? Perfect. You can find me most places. So I'm on Instagram which is at melissa.eloise.coaching. Okay, so you're at I'm coaching. Facebook, yeah. okay. Facebook, which is the same. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not really using LinkedIn. Um, I've got a website as well, which is www.melifecoaching.com. So I'm, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. website. So come and find me wherever you want to find me. Wherever That's wonderful. wonderful. Thank you very much. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you. Bye.